there are a lot of skills that you are going to teach your new puppy. And there are some that are far more important than others to make sure that you get right. That is exactly what we're talking about today on the McCann Dogs podcast as we take a deep dive into training your dog's response to name. If you could only teach your dog one skill, what do you think it would be? Definitely to get me a beer from the fridge. <laughs> Good answer. Or to That's do what my, I go for, yeah, too. Or to do my income taxes. Yeah, yes, yes. That. Either one of them would definitely be that skill. <laughs> <laughs> I think those would be incredibly good skills to right, teach a yes. dog. And I'm going to put them on my list for my next puppy. Okay. But up until this point, I've actually thought there's um, there's there's a couple of skills. I, I have a hard time narrowing right. it down to just one. And right, I think that yes. that's such a silly question because there's no way we could get away with just teaching our dogs one, one thing skill. But and being happy with that. I think what I know what you're getting at, though. Yeah. Like, what do we need to start all the awesome skills. Exactly. And that is the dog needs to know their name. Yeah. And and it needs to ding, know ding, 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 ding. to look at us <laughs> when it hears their yes. name too. Not to go, yeah, that's my name. Don't wear it out if they run away. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if that yes. was the response? That's my name. Don't wear it out. Right. See yep. you later. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like there are so many skills that are really important. Like truly the it's hard to put importance on one skill over right. and above the rest. Exactly. And I would and, say, and every family has different yes. priority skills too. Ooh, that's such a good thing to talk right. about. And that's okay in right. most cases. Mm -hmm. You know, if you are, you're living on a farm and your plan is to walk your dog off leash every single day of their life. And it's going to be very rare that you spend time walking on city streets and whatnot. You probably don't need to put as much effort into things like teaching healing skills. Right as you do your recall right. skills because mm. the healing skills aren't going to be practiced that often. Now right. you still need to get by. I mean, you might need to go to the vet with your dog. You might mm -hmm. need to go into town for some reason. Like there, there are reasons to still teach these skills, but it's probably not something that you are going to spend copious amounts of time perfecting because right. you don't really need it. Exactly. As yes. often. Yes. I'll often when I, uh, I'm with students and talking to them, I'll get them to jot down what's important to them with oh, their dog. That. That's so, so good. I'll say like in a year from now, what do you want this puppy to know inside out? Like what's, what's the skill you want them to know? And I'll get them to write down them. And then now we can look at that list and decide, okay, let's, this is how we're going to approach our dog training yeah, because I this is that. your priority. And at different points in your life, you have different priorities as well. Absolutely. When my son was little, I had far different priorities than what I would have now with him as a grown adult right. um, or my parents as seniors have a different priorities for their dog than they did when they were doing competitive obedience skills of with course. their dogs. So what are some, just on that topic, I'm curious now, um, and it might be a, it might be an odd question off the cuff, but is there something specific that you remember that was really important to teach when your son was young versus, you know, now at this point when he's what? 28,000 years old. How old is he? <laughs> 20? 21. 21. 21. 21. I still yes. can't believe I don't know that. how many days that is. <laughs> Or weeks. We should figure that out. <laughs> but I know it in years. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I know it yes. In years. years. <laughs> Gosh. That's probably the easiest way to know it. And the most the most effective, really. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, when 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 Ty was young, I needed dogs that didn't get over the top stimulated. Right. I needed dogs that could remain calm and think. They could hang out at my side. Okay. Uh, they could do a reliable weight. Well, I was tying Ty's shoes. Say we're at the park and Ty's shoes are undone. Okay, you wait there. I'm going to tie your shoes. Uh, they needed to have a strong response to their name. Right. Uh, they needed they needed very acute listening skills. Because when you have a child, you want yeah. a dog that is listening, that can sit, that can lie down, that can wait, that doesn't pull on the leash. That doesn't Your attention is divided. Right, yes. So, yeah, yes. they need to take some responsibility on things. So right. what... Um, <laughs> this is sort of diving into this a little bit, but what did you do when you had a young dog that wasn't quite there yet? Well, basically it was a lot of more management gotcha. and yeah. they were always on a house line. If I couldn't be there for them, they had to go in their crate yeah. because that I'm, you know, if I'm trying to change a baby's diaper and my puppy is, you know, got into the, the diaper pail, like I can't leave oh, my newborn no. unattended. <gasps> Oh, goodness. To, to yeah. deal with that. Yeah. So if my attention is divided, puppy has to be in the crate. Yeah. Um, or a young dog, you know, I've worked on a bed stay. 
So I can, I have a bed in the, in the child's bedroom so I can say, go lie down on your mat. And now I can, you know, try to dress tie or, you know, clip his fingernails or, or whatever I'm doing with him while my dog waits patiently. Perfect. And I think a lot of people struggle with exactly this because it's such a balancing act, right? Mm -hmm. Like I've got this baby to deal with or this toddler to deal with Mm -hmm. or these young teenagers to deal with or whatever your situation is. Yes. You have these things to deal with. And in the meantime, what do you do with the puppy that ha- doesn't have the skills? And that's where, you know, using your crate and making sure that the dog is set up for success by not putting them in situations where you can't watch them is so important. And that's right. a temporary thing, mm-hmm. right? A lot of the times people are worried that, you know, how is he ever going to learn to be loose in the house then if he's not loose in the house right now? Well, eventually he's going to have the skills to understand the rules of the house mm-hmm. and he's going to have the skills to be redirected should he make a mistake. Right. You know, it's mm-hmm. not unheard of that our dogs are going to have moments where right. they make errors, et cetera, especially when they're still young mm-hmm. and in training. But if you can say, hey, leave that right. or, you know, sit mm-hmm. or, you know, if you can take control in that situation by having something that you can manage your dog with, or like you said, working on the bed stay, right. you know, that's a fabulous thing to mm-hmm. be able to have the puppy out and be part of the picture, but doing something that's a little bit more controlled. And of course that's not going to happen with a 10 week old puppy, but maybe by six or seven months, once you've trained the skills and once they understand how to have a little bit of emotional mm-hmm. control, now we can move to that. And then it's a way easier transition to loose in that scenario exactly. as well. Yes. Because they've practiced being calm instead of practicing, what's in the diaper? This is exciting, jumping all over the place and, you know, knocking over the talcum powder and grabbing the diaper out of the pail and, Mm -hmm. you know, all those things. And and they don't know that's wrong to do. No, of course not. They don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And actually the messages that they get are that it's right to do because if we're not stopping them and Mm -hmm. redirecting them from that thing, it's self-rewarding for them. Right. It's fun. Yeah. As gross as it sounds, grabbing that baby diaper for a dog, (laughs) that's like... <laughs> pull up my chair to the buffet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Actually, I, I've sort of, it's, it's sort of related, but not really related. Um, Cowboy, my Saluki, mm-hmm. we had to pee pad train her. We talked about it in another podcast, the reasons why I, I had to do that, right. uh, mainly because I had a two-year-old toddler in the house and it was the dead of winter and I was a single parent and I couldn't just drop everything and yeah. run out the door and leave a two-year-old in the house. Of course. And it was winter and yeah. it was Bye. treacherous. Make good choices. Right. Well, I'm gone. <laughs> yes. Yes. I won't be long. But it's funny because I remember um, one time we were, we were babysitting um, a friend's baby that was still in diapers and uh, I brought the diapers and uh, they had kind of toppled out of the diaper bag. And, um, cowboy was much older, like she was probably two or three and she went over and, um, peed on the diapers. Oh, and I found it. I didn't, I I wasn't watching her at that point. And I went in to change the baby and it's like, Oh, 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 dog pee all over the diapers. And I thought what they learn first, they learn best because the diapers have the same absorbent polymer in them that a pee pad has. Right. So I think she went in there and said, Oh, I learned how to pee on these. This is a fine uh, place to pee. And uh, I had to go and buy new diapers. But um, I remember thinking, you know, I wasn't angry at Cowboy. That was an honest mistake she had made. And um, I wasn't watching her. But I thought, isn't that interesting yeah. that she recalled the smell of the polymer and said, that is where you can go. It's yeah. fine to go there. Oh, those associations are strong. Right. Yes. My goodness. And uh, I, I was also impressed at the absorbency of the diapers. It's like, wow, I don't have to clean up anything. Just throw out the old diapers. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Right. Yes. Yes. That seems convenient. If right, you're going to yes. have a mistake, that right. seems like a very a convenient, very convenient way to do mistake. It. Cowboy, you're one in a million. Oh, cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> And Cowboy was a female. Cowboy was indeed a female. Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I remember when you first got her and you named her Cowboy and I was like, that's weird. Like, I don't really get it. And then you talked about the Toy Story connection and things like that. And it was Ty's pick for the name. But now it doesn't even strike me as odd. Like now it's just like, that was Cowboy. That That was Cowboy. Like there's no question in my mind. It became her identity. Yes. Yes. And I like, I love the name. So actually that brings us back to our topic. It does. It does. Nice segue. Right. Yeah. So (laughs) names, teaching your puppy the name and, um, you know, maybe Sometimes what I'll do too is we we brought home our first uh, Malinois and um, I wanted to call her Halen after the band Van Halen. Okay. And we called her for a few days, but Halen was just so soft and I I felt I needed a stronger name and we ended up naming her Saber. 
and I loved how it just savor. It just yeah. rolls off your tongue. And uh, so think of that too. When you name your puppy the name, you're going to be saying it for the next hopefully yes. 15 years. So choose a name that 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 is crisp and you like and you're not singing it and is you know a good strong name to call a puppy yeah absolutely and i mean in order to give our dogs any sort of information we need to first have their attention right so even just in the house it's important that when we say you know it's important that if i said swanee Mm -hmm. You look at me right. at that point, you know, and I might just want to say, oh, I just wanted to, you know, start a conversation right. or I yep. just wanted to tell you you're cute or Thanks, something like Shannon. that. <laughs> you're very welcome. I think you you're cute too. Cute. Thank you. We <laughs> is cute together. Is cute. <laughs> but it's really important right. that I have your attention so that then if, if it's something like sit that I wanted to ask for right. from you or if I needed something from you in that moment I first have your attention and then I can give you further information right so a lot of the times with our response to name it's really just about them checking in with us mm -hmm. and we want to make sure that we don't set our puppies up or our dogs up for a situation where they learn to go oh that word isn't really exciting so I, I want to be really careful about things like mm -hmm. saying swanee I just wanted to tell you. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Swanee. Oh, I just wanted to tell you again. <laughs> Swanee. Oh, no, I got distracted by something over here because eventually you're going to go, you know what? Every time Shannon calls me, nothing really right. exciting Nothing happens. happens and so, it's, yeah, it's far more exciting to be looking under the couch, exactly. you know, trying to get that kibble that rolled under so there. So the next time Swanee is searching for kibble under the couch, I'm not going to be able to rely on her response to name to right. get her attention. So it's so important that we treat the name like a command, mm -hmm. okay? It is something that has a purpose. It is not just me, you know, telling you you're cute. Right. It is the thing that makes me get your focus so mm -hmm. that I can then give you further information. Mm -hmm. So in the house, it seems fairly, fairly simple and straightforward. Right. Out and about in the real world. You know, it might precede a come command. It might precede a... Um, sit command. It might precede a heel command. It, there's any number of things. It might precede a down command, for example. Mm -hmm. So maybe I'm at the park and I see some sort of a danger in the distance and I want to stop what, my dog What danger motion. might you see out there? Maybe there's a wayward car that's flying in the direction and my head, my, my dog is headed right into that path. Right. And <laughs> could, or, or it could be, it could be a dragon, a, her, a herd of deer like Fenton. <laughs> Fenton. Fenton. If oh my anyone, goodness. if anyone hasn't seen the Fenton video, Google oh. Google Fenton and the deer, yeah. and watch that, and you will have a laugh. <laughs> and I laugh every time I watch yeah. it. So just well, Google Fenton and the parodies of it. Yes, like there was Jurassic there was, Park parody. Yeah, yeah. yeah, all these things going yes. over cliffs and right. like this loud voice in the background yelling. Fenton. Right. And then some expletives. Yes, there's a uh, there, you might not want to let your kids listen <laughs> yeah. to it at first, you know, see what you think of it because there is there is an expletive yeah. um but uh it yeah. is very very funny. And there we have the perfect example of a dog that ignores its name. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And uh, you know, like uh, that dog's in prey drive mode, it's chasing those chasing things, a herd of deer and yep. it's going, nope, forget it. It's got complete and total blinders yes. on to that call of the name. And mm -hmm. my guess would be that the person who owned Fenton was crossing his fingers when he took the leash off because there's literally no response from that right. dog at all. I mean, there there can be moments where they get a little bit too distracted mm -hmm. and we need to call a second time, but that if I'm shouting my dog's name over and over and over again and they're not turning, there's a big problem right. there. Yes. I should not have that dog off leash. Exactly. I, exactly. I definitely shouldn't have that dog off leash right. around things that might run away and, you know, uh, get my dog chasing, et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera. Right, so. yes. Very, uh, <laughs> very, very cautious tale, if you will. And hopefully yes. Fenton ended up going home and being safe. Right. Yes. We didn't see the end of the no, video. No, we don't. We don't know what happens. Fenton yes. could still be running with his owner chasing <laughs> him. Oh, <geez. laughs> oh my gosh, that poor man. They're, they're probably in Australia by <laughs> now. <poor> yeah. <laughs> hopefully that man immediately got home and signed up for dog training classes right. so yes. that he could start teaching that dog a better recall because right. that, that video definitely made the rounds. But yes. at any rate, such an important skill to mm -hmm. have. And the why is crucial to how we're going to make sure we don't overuse it. Right. Because like I said, if I'm calling your name and then nothing, nothing noteworthy happens, eventually you end up learning to ignore your name. Exactly. And a lot of the times we do this with our dogs, you know, sometimes I'm looking at Ned and I'm talking to him mm -hmm. and, and I almost hear his name right, coming yeah. out, but 
for that reason. Right. Well, even around the house, if I'm saying to my son, I want to take Atari for a walk, yes. I'll say, I'm taking A for a W. Because I don't want her to hear those words. Or have you seen H? That would be Honda. Have you seen H? Where is he? Yeah. I don't use their name unless See, around, I'm, I'm right there ready to address it. Around my my yep. house, it would be, have you seen Noodle? Okay, yeah. Where, where's Noodle? What's uh-huh. Noodle doing? Uh, yeah. So that, and that was that was actually what I was just going to talk about was right? nicknames. Nicknames, yes. So do you have nicknames for your dogs? Well, generally Other than just the, the first letter. Um <laughs> Honda has somehow become Mr. Boo. I, I don't know how, Aww. but he knew he knew that was his nickname, so we couldn't use Mr. Boo. It, okay. it got used to the point where Honda figured out that that's another name for me is Honda. Um, I have nicknames, but I tend just to use their, the first letter of their name. I think okay. that's... What if you're talking to Honda directly? What if you're doing one of those, buddy, you're the cutest thing ever. What do you call them? Or do you call him anything? I don't think I call him anything. Oh, okay. It's just good boy. Hey, look at you, good boy. Or look how big you got. Or I think Atari, I used to call peanut butter. Like, oh, peanut butter. I don't know. I, I don't know where those things come from. But um, I think I'm probably more traditional when I'm talking to my dog because I it's tempting to use their name a lot. Right, yeah. So, and I think that, you mm-hmm. know, this is one of the, the pitfalls we right. fall into is we chat with our dogs. Right, yeah. And, like, you, you know, we, mm-hmm. we say their name when we're not really expecting them to act turn right so those are the times when I use yes. names like noodle and noodle soup and <laughs> vegetable <laughs> Nedley. vegetable Nedley yes I can't Incognito. look I get so many I can't look at a can of vegetables without thinking about Ned because of all those <laughs> that was my goal yeah that was my goal now I just need to take that concept and I need to move it to every, every person in the world right so and now we're we're, we're starting the Ned section the podcast at the grocery store right? yes like now everybody mm-hmm. when you look at vegetable medley you need to think about Ve- vegetable Nedley. yes <laughs> That's one of my favorite right. nicknames yes. for him. But I actually don't use that one in like conversation with him. Right. Conversation, I say in quotes. Yeah, and you, who did you call cheeseburger all the time? Oh, that was Jaden. Jaden used the Jayden cheeseburger. was everything cheese. Everything. He was Mayor McCheese, cheeseburger. Like, oh, he was just the cheese dog. He was the cheesiest. <laughs> I had a great Facebook memory come up the other day of a picture of, of the three of them, um, Jaden, Tyler, and Reggie, who have all passed at this point. My previous tollers who have all passed and it was just it's just a beautiful picture and it came up in my memories and like it started a big long you know dialogue about Jaden and and his sire and then you know all my toller friends chiming in with relatives of him and things like Mm -hmm. that and of course Ned's related to him now as well so I feel I have some some warm feelings about the cheeseburger in this moment because I've just recently relived actually yeah, and talking about them, it keeps it, it keeps yes. them alive. It keeps that memory alive. Talking about them. So, as you know, we have a bridge on the property with a big rainbow arch. Right. Over it. Yes, it's, we have a little, it's our rainbow bridge. Right. It's we have a little tribute. stream that goes through yes. our property with a little rainbow bridge over yeah. it. Yes. And I try to anytime I cross that bridge, I try to use that moment. And I'm going to try to not choke up here because I probably will. But I try to use that moment to think of some pleasant memories mm-hmm. of those dogs just right. to like just to fulfill that that side of me that you mm-hmm. know is moving away from grief especially with okay uh take a breath right yeah <laughs> especially with um Reggie being so recently passed. right yes yes At 15 years old I had a wonderful long life with him but mm-hmm. right now there's still obviously a lot of grief mm-hmm. that is I'm still working through so um those moments I find are so helpful they're so impactful right. for when you're like you you fill that space with these like really great memories mm-hmm. and smiles instead of filling that space with these you know sad grieving memories. So every time I cross our rainbow bridge, right. I try to make a point. I'm gonna make you cry too. I, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. No. I'm I'm holding it. I'm holding it in. Maybe we need a brief intermission. <laughs> We're gonna have to take a brief intermission to go in. It was can can dancing. Yeah. yeah. We needed we needed the yeah. we needed the dancing. That was it. But yeah, I try to fill those memories, and I find mm. that it is so therapeutic for me. So I did that this morning as well. Right. And it yes. Was, it was like going over all those, you know, all the Facebook comments mm-hmm. and things that 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 brought up again. Because of course, Jaden's been gone since 2015 now, so that's been a mm-hmm. little while. But Reggie was the last one still lingering from that picture mm-hmm. out of the three of them. Ty was gone in 2015 too, so like those ones are easier right. to, to to just talk about in happy terms. But yes. Reggie still kind of makes me tear yes, up a little fresh. bit. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, it takes. Yeah, we never get over them. We no. just we just adjust to life without them. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. thank goodness for our other dogs who help cushion. Right. That. And our friends. Yes. yes. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Who help cushion all those yes. things. So, okay. Back to response to name. No more tears. <laughs> no <laughs> We're really, more tears. I, 
Uh, we're really going all over the place today. We kind our, of are. Yeah, yeah. Let's streamline. Yes. So okay. we're talking about names. Response to name. Yes. <laughs> so how so teaching it? Well, I want. I was going to say the same thing to you. Like, yeah. how how do you teach? How do you teach yeah. the dog to have a one hundred percent bomb proof response to their response to their name? Yes, and this is the thing that often gets confused because it is a process. It's not just assuming that the dog knows their name because they don't. They don't come home understanding that their name means anything no. different than all the other words we throw at them right. constantly. You know, dogs do not have language skills. No, we teach them to associate things with language that we use, but they learn sounds, mm -hmm. not words. Like right. they, they don't have vocabulary per se. They right, have, they don't give each other names. Exactly, mm -hmm. they have a whole bunch of sounds that they've associated with specific actions. And of course, through repetition and through reward, we've made those actions valuable and we've made those actions things that the dogs can repeat. Right. So the process of teaching response to name, a lot of the times people look at it and they think it's just step one. And then after step one, they expect the dog to respond to their name. Mm -hmm. But it's a little bit more than that. And it's about teaching the dog to reliably respond to their name. Right. So we start by first creating the, the bare bones association. And we call this loading it. So basically, what would that be? You're going to say the dog's name and give a delicious treat. Say the dog's name, give a delicious treat. It is really as simple as that. Right. When I have my brand new baby puppy home, it's one of the first things I go to. Incidentally, I teach out very early in the process as well because, you know, tollers love to pick up anything and everything. And Shannon's got but a lot of stuff laying around her house. <laughs> no, she doesn't. I have she a doesn't. Lot, I no. have a lot of toller no. hair <laughs> laying around my house from the other tollers. <laughs> Shannon has nothing laying around her I house. Nothing. Yeah. Well, I always joke that one day I'm going to wake up and be like, there's nothing in my house. I'm naked and alone in the middle of the <laughs> floor and like what did I do with all my stuff because I really am quite well you'll be cushioned with the toller hair <laughs> there you go it'd be nothing but toller hair tumbleweeds you know what you should make toller hair mattresses yeah, when um, I would buy one when I was fairly early in tollers there was a woman who would collect toller hair and then she would clean it and she would spin it into yarn or right, whatever yeah. I'm not I apologize I don't really know the proper terminology but she would spin it into right. material that she could then make into sweaters things. and things oh, like wow. that yeah, yeah. so well, a lot of people would send her toller hair I remember sending right. her off like bags of Jaden's toller hair shoved did, in and, and what like, did you get um no nothing oh, she it was just okay. she just asked okay. for like she'd put out a call right. for yeah. anybody who's got extra toller hair now these days I just throw it off the deck Right, I let the, the, the birds. I let the squirrels and the birds and all those things, and I love it when I see them. I have a video actually uh -huh. of a little finch yeah, sitting and like picking toller hair off of a mat that I was drying Aww. on my deck, picking the little toller hair, and it just makes so me so cute. happy. Yes. I just love it, knowing it just, that little baby birds are yeah, going to be sitting well, in it, and it's so warm and it's so pretty, and right. like here's this here's this recycle idea mm -hmm. of Jaden's hair going to the bird, right? How wonderful is that? Mm -hmm. So um, I have heard that you need to be very careful when they're on tick preventatives and things like that with with um, oh, I leaving never hair thought for the of birds. That. So something oh, that's probably worth mentioning. Oh, I never thought of that. But um, when I'm during times when right. I'm not worried about that, then I'll throw the I'll right. throw the hair out. And right. Usually it's winter at that point when I'm not worried about the ticks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, right. Yes. Yes. And no, then every would, once in a while it gets stuck in the snow, right. and I and find I'm it in the spring. Right. And I'm sure like mice too would make a little nest yes. with it. Yes. Yeah. I should probably throw it far away from the house now. Really house encourage that. the mice. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, Shannon, so, you live in the country, though. You're going to get I mice. Do. Yes, there are mice. There yes. are mice. I have some some things in place to tackle the mice, but there was some. I'd like to see mice you tackle to a mouse. My tractor, and I was uh, not having that. Yeah. You probably don't need to tackle them. They're probably quite yeah. small. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of feral cats on the property, so right. you wouldn't think there'd be any mice. Right. But I guess it, the mice attract the cats. So. Right. <laughs> Anyways, back to response, back to, response to, name. to name. I'm yes. going to name the mice and then I'm going to teach them teach how to them respond response to name. name. Well, my, <laughs> my, I had rats and my rats responded to their names yeah. and I did rats the same so thing that I did with a puppy. It how was, cool, eh? yeah, it was call their name, give a treat, call yeah. their name, give a treat, call their name, give a treat. And I could call my rats and they were pretty reliable actually. Too. That is so fun. Mm -hmm. I had rats when I was really young, like before I got into dog training. So I didn't know anything about training right. at that point. I wish I had because they're such fun animals. They are they're so gregarious. There's they're nothing so stopping trainable. you from getting rats now, Shannon. I yeah, I know. I you just, could have an I entire have this, village of rats. Yeah, I mean, I guess yeah. Why yeah. not, right? <laughs> <laughs> I should. I should. I adored my rats. They yes. were definitely they're good pets. pets. Yeah. If anyone out there, I know the tail is kind of what I think stops a lot of people, but you know what? They're great pets. Yeah. If you if you're thinking about getting a puppy, but think, oh, maybe I really don't 
have the time for a puppy, get a rat. Yeah. They're great little animals to train. <laughs> we should start a rat training. A rat podcast. training. Yes. Oh my gosh. Now yes. I do want to get another rat, but I'll probably refrain from getting another rat. <laughs> so we load up the name, okay. which is a really important part of the process. And how long would you estimate that you would spend on this process? Like oh. on average, how many sessions per day? Everyone's everyone's always well, curious I usually about that. like so I'm feeding a baby puppy three, maybe four times a day, depending uh-huh. on its age. So I might take the first 10 kibbles from every meal and, you know, like, you know, spot, 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 and then put down the rest of them. And Perfect. then, you know, other times during the day too, like I'm going to, you know, do two or three repetitions of their name with a treat. So I love that. the first few days I'm doing it a lot. Probably yeah. the first week I'm, I'm really focusing on that. Yeah, me too. And I really want to build that value up. I want my dog to go, okay, that, that, that sound Mm -hmm. is really awesome because every time I hear that sound, I get goodies along with it. Wonderful things happen. It's like when you want to open a bag of chips and you don't want your dog to know and you sneak and get the chips (laughs) and then you sneak out to the couch and you try so hard. But the moment (laughs) the dog hears that crinkle, zoom, they're right there. Like you want to have that same response to their name that they have to the crinkle of a bag of chips. There you go. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect expectations. Right. Yes. Yes. So I I do the same thing. I would probably say, um, you know, three or four days of multiple short sessions in a day. I'm focusing on just building up that association. And then I'm also working in between that, um, maybe not for the first couple of days, but as I start to transition into a little bit of a, 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 a... more of a distracted scenario, Mm -hmm. I am also working on helping them turn in response to their name. Right, yes. So basically what that looks like is me saying their name either as I'm turning them to create Mm -hmm. the association, depending on the puppy and what kind of distraction is there, I might do that or I might use the food, turn them, or sorry, say their name, then use the food and turn them. So in the early stages, a lot of the times I'm still thinking association work rather than prompting work. Mm -hmm. So if I say the name before I present the food to turn, then I'm prompting it. If I say the name as I'm doing the turn, then I'm creating the association, right? Mm-hmm. So there's there's benefits to both of those things. Right. And depending on the puppy, you may want to spend more time in those association phases mm-hmm. and then move on to the sort of showing phase. Right. So what I'm doing in those early days is I am letting my puppy get mildly distracted. Mm-hmm. So I am not, you know, putting down a big bowl of food. I'm not bringing my other dogs into the room. Right. I'm not. Like it's still... It's a white room and I might just walk a couple of steps and then be boring. Mm -hmm. So basically my puppy goes from staring at me to, Mm -hmm. okay, what's that fluff on the floor over there? And once he starts to notice the fluff, Mm -hmm. not once he's really engrossed in like playing with the fluff and trying to grab Mm -hmm. it, but once he notices the fluff, that's when I'm going to help him with a little food on his nose, turn him, use that association and then get in lots of rewards. So now I'm changing the picture a little bit. Yes, and by food on the nose, you mean just... Getting some food pinched between your fingers and putting it in front of their nostrils. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Right in front of those nostrils. Yeah, absolutely. Like a donkey and a carrot. So you put that carrot in front of the donkey and they follow it along. Same with the dog. We're going to put that treat in front of their nose. Absolutely. Call their name, move the treat, and the dogs, where the nose goes, the face goes. It's true. Usually Mm -hmm. it's true. Usually, yes. (laughs) Usually it's true. And that's awesome. Like what we're doing right now, we're not expecting the dog to know their name yet. So a lot of the times people think that. They'll think, okay, well, I spent, you know, two or three days, three or four sessions per day, you know, 10 kibbles a piece. Yeah. loading up their name so they should know their name now but that's that's not the way it works right you yes know, we, we really need to teach and show them what the expectation is because as soon as there's a slight distraction in there it changes the picture right. entirely for our puppies yes and a lot of the times people expect far too much of the puppies right. without having put in the right amount of yes. repetition we, we always right ask type. that in our classes yeah. um in when people come for in-person classes we'll say show of hands who which who thinks their puppy knows their name yeah and um pretty much everyone in the class puts up their hand and uh then sure enough we have everyone say their puppy's name and very few of the puppies look yeah they might know what their name means in your kitchen but they have no idea what their name means in our training hall 
<laughs> if you would like some personalized help to teach your puppy response to name, join us in person or online in our Puppy Essentials program, where we will be able to work with you to help you develop the best possible four-legged family member. There's a couple of reasons for that. One is that dogs are tremendously situational. So tell us what that means. Situational means that the dog understands the rules or what behavior is required in one area, but they do not understand it carries through to other areas. So my dog says, I know what sit means in the backyard. We go to grandma's house and the dog says, I've never heard that word before. So we need to practice in lots of different areas for our dog to understand that we, we have to do it. Like, it's like in our classes, people always say, he does it at home. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We hear that all the time. Yeah, and, he does and we it know. at home. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, we don't disbelieve you. Right. We know that you're probably practicing. Right. And we know that your dog is just, so like the other reason, you know, situational nature, but the other reason is that the distraction is too much for right. the dog. Yes. So now we bring them into a classroom environment and there's, you know, there's a bunch of other puppies in the room. There's a bunch of other people in the room. There's all sorts of exciting, stimulating things. And of course the puppy is going to have a struggle leaving those ears turned on and being perfectly obedient. So when that happens to you in class, don't be embarrassed. Don't be frustrated. You know, just know it's, it's a regular puppy thing. It's so normal for them. Our students, we could not possibly be more empathetic because we work through it too. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have the the foresight to know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So we are set up for success and we're set up to show our puppies exactly what we want them to do. And it looks like it's easier for us because of course we've done it before, right? right? We've practiced these skills before we know how to do it. So right. we're able to get quicker results, but we go through it too. Right. You know, and when I bring one of my puppies in and they've been rocking it in the house mm-hmm. and now they're in class and I'm like, I don't exist to this puppy right now because they're so distracted. Right. It is frustrating, but it's normal. Mm -hmm. It's very normal. Right. Yes. Yes. So that was phase one, loading it up. Mm -hmm. Phase two is helping them to turn off uh, mild distractions. Mm -hmm. And we're going to practice that through in tons of different locations. Mm -hmm. So I'm not just going to work in my house. I'm going to start heading outside to use distractions outside as well. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to make sure that anytime I use my dog's name, it is with me helping them get it right. Because basically right. what I want to do is I want them to be successful. Right. Yes. And yeah. I'm going to have, until the dog knows its name inside out everywhere, I'm going to have it on a leash yes. or a house line so that I can always make sure it happens. Yeah, Just like absolutely. Jean, Jean-Luc Picard says, I think on Star Trek, like, make it so. Make it so. Make it yeah, so. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's like, you know what? I'm going to always make sure that I make it so. Yeah. So what does that look like? How do you do that then? So you mentioned a house line. So let's let's dive into that a little bit. Right. So I'm always going to have a house line on the puppy. That way I'm able to step on the house line and I see my puppy is distracted by something. And I know it's, I know I want the practice now. So I'm going to walk up the house line so my puppy can't get further away from me. And I'm going to have my treat ready. I'm going to call their name, put the treat in front of their nose. And then as the puppy turns, I'm going to mark it with yes. And then I'm going to have a party too. So yes and feed. Woohoo! What a good dog. (laughs) Awesome, awesome, awesome. A lot of people are so boring when they train their puppies. Yeah. And you don't have to be goofy and silly with your dog all your life. But think of little kids. Little kids love fun. And... I, when I was a child and I've seen it with other kids, they're more apt to listen to somebody who's fun than they are to listen to the, the sterile, boring person. Of course. And our puppies are too. So be that fun person. Don't be the sterile, boring person. Exactly. Swanee, I have a hard time picturing you being a sterile, boring person in any scenario. I don't know. So I think you've got the fun part down. Right. Maybe when I'm sleeping, I'm quite sterile and boring. (laughs) I don't know. I think you're probably still fun when you're sleeping. But I I think it's fun too, because in class, um, you know, if we're making that comment, I'll say, you know what, you got to, you know, be more fun. And I'll like, I'll say a puppy's name and I'll, I'll turn and woohoo, yahoo. And all of a sudden every puppy in the room is trying to get to me because I'm the fun person now. And 
yeah, so let your hair down. Be yeah. fun. Be yeah. fun. Puppies sure. love that. Yeah, and it, on that vein as well, it's going to be really helpful for you when you do get your puppy's attention. So now, you know, they're a little bit distracted. You've stepped on the house line so that you're not <laughs> chasing them, <laughs> trying to run after them, trying right. to get your go-go gadget right. arms you're not, going. Yeah, walking so them you, down. <laughs> you can get that food on their nose. You yes. know, we just need arm extenders for right. that. So you're stepping on the house line. You're walking up. You say their name. You show them, or you put the cookie on their nostrils. Right. right on their nostrils. Right on those nostrils. Turn them in your direction. And now at that point, it's so helpful for you to back away. Yes. Why is that? Puppies love motion yeah. as well. There's a lot of things puppies love and motion's another one. So if you're moving away, it makes it so apparent through your body language for the puppy to follow you. That makes it much easier. Exactly. It's a little play. It's a little fun. That chase drive mm-hmm. is very reinforcing for the puppies. And then the other thing I really like to tell people, and this is especially true if you have a puppy that's a little bit socially sensitive. You know, if you have a puppy that gets a little overwhelmed with mm-hmm. loud voices or with you hovering over top of them, right. things like that is when you back away, make yourself a little bit less intrusive in terms of hovering Mm -hmm. over top of the dog. So I usually use my food and as I back away, I'm kind of leaning back as I draw my puppy in nice and close or sometimes I'll I'll kneel down at that point Mm -hmm. so that I can draw my puppy in nice and close without hovering over top of them. Because a lot of the times, if we draw our puppies in super close and they're a little bit shy or a little bit anxious about Mm -hmm. social pressure or spatial pressure a lot of the times that becomes aversive to them right so it's basically similar to giving Mm -hmm. them a correction and even though we think that we're doing this wonderful thing because we're offering them cookies right a lot of the times there's puppies that go oh I don't want to come in that close because it's a little overwhelming right so we essentially are correcting them Mm -hmm. then for coming in close because the dog decides what's right right it's not up to us to Mm -hmm. say oh you know what I'm not I'm not causing you any emotional distress by leaning over top of you it's up to the puppy to decide you know what I don't like that right so keep an eye on that mm-hmm. make sure that they're eager to come in nice and close there's lots of puppies that'll come in nice and close and they're waggy and happy and right. they're thrilled to be there but if they're not then it's actually going to work against right. you to yes. draw them in that close so kneel down a little bit things like that will mm-hmm. really help and then do you um play um play games taking the collar when you're working your response to name um I do. I do add yeah. that in. So I, I will reach out and underneath their neck, gently take their collar, mm-hmm. just encircle it with my hand as I'm rewarding and praising, just so the puppy knows that, you know, a human taking your collar is a good thing. Yeah. It's not a scary thing. It's not a bad thing. It's it's good. Yeah. And they also get used to coming in close nice and, and giving close us then. that yes. control and associating our touch and our taking of the collar with really good things mm-hmm. so that... We don't end up in that scenario where we go to reach to take their collar and clip on the leash and they go, ah, ah, yeah, you can't yeah. catch we've me. All I know how long your arms Yeah, are. we've all seen those people yeah. at the park who are trying to catch their dog and the dog comes in. You think, oh, they got them. And then the person reaches out their hand yeah. and the dog jumps away, usually in a play bow and takes off again. Yeah. These are these are things that we usually inadvertently create problems for ourselves right. unintentionally, yes. right? A lot of the times it's very normal for puppies to want to play keep away. You know, this, this is a very normal puppy game. Mm-hmm. So we teach them alternate behaviors so that they don't get to that game. Right. You know, if my dog sees that there's so much value in moving in close to me and letting me take control of their collar, that that's what they want to do, then they're never thinking I need to find value elsewhere and they're never going to come to that playing of keep away. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when we don't practice these skills and our puppies rely on their natural tendencies, of Mm -hmm. course, so a person might get used to reaching to take the collar and the puppy might go, oh, I'm going to evade you a little Mm. bit. And then of course, if the human doesn't know any better and they go grab, the puppy goes, oh, well that ended my fun. That wasn't pleasant. And then the next time the puppy becomes harder to grab, you know, same scenario ensues and the puppy now is wiser. They go, oh, last time your arm was this long and you grabbed me, so I'm going to stay a little bit further away. Mm -hmm. They're quite clever. Yeah, we actually create our own problems Mm -hmm. because puppies and dogs are masters of body language. They are, yes. And they will figure out exactly how long your arms are and how to play that keep away game. So if we give them these other skills that are really valuable for them, Mm -hmm. It just makes those problems non-existent, right? right? Yes. We get ahead of those problems mm-hmm. and we create compliant puppies right. instead of having a situation where they are potentially learning naughty behaviors. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of dog training is changing our behavior yes. too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Changing our expectations, changing our behavior to, to benefit the puppy. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And and that's the important thing, right, is making sure that we are all, we're finding this niche and this way of communicating that works for both of us, right? right? Yes. It's fun for our puppies. We're mm-hmm. building value for them coming close. We're going to do a lot of things mm-hmm. with response to name that are fun and exciting as well. I do a lot of response to name with a tug toy or a lot of response to name with where I will throw the ball for right. them. You know, I'll have them, when my dog responds and starts running in my direction, I will say yes and toss the mm-hmm. ball in between my legs. It's a skill that I do a lot of work on maintenance with as well, because I want to keep it well oiled. Right. So yes. in my day-to-day life, mm-hmm. I make sure that when I call my dog's name, my expectations are where they need to be and I'm never letting them ignore their name. Mm-hmm. So that kind of brings us to our next phase. Um, you definitely want to spend some time in those teaching phases right. without question, mm-hmm. but we're not going to stay there forever. You know, I, I, my response to name wouldn't be very useful for me if every single time I wanted to get my dog to respond to me, I had to run up with a cookie and put it on his nose. So mm-hmm. eventually I'm going to expect the dog to have take on that responsibility on their own. Right. Tell us about when you would put that responsibility on the dog. Once I feel the dog understands the exercise 100%. So once I feel the dog knows very well that when they hear the name, they should turn back to me. Perfect. I'm going to start to give it a, a few tests to see if it, if it, if it's holding up. Yeah. Yes. So what I like to do um, to, to make this decision, okay, am I ready to start testing? Am I ready not to start testing? And you can always test. And mm-hmm. then if they fail the test, you know, okay, I wasn't ready for the test. Right? I'm not yep. going to test again. But ideally... They get the test right when we get there. So what I'm looking for when I'm doing response to name work in that teaching phase. Mm -hmm. So that would be, you know, walking up, being close, saying their name. One second later, putting the food on their nostril. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I find that so funny. Turning them in my direction. Mm -hmm. When I get to the point where I say their name and they're starting to turn before I get that food on their nostril, that's when I'm like, okay, they're starting to get the idea. They're starting to anticipate the good thing is going to happen and they're turning before I can get that food on their nose. Now I know I'm ready to start testing. Right. So what does testing look like to you? Testing is starting off with very few distractions. So I want to pretty much be in my white room and I'm going to let the dog get very mildly distracted, looking at something, you know, non-consequential. Show them a science book. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Something boring and unexciting for them. (laughs) And I'm going to, I'm going to be ready and I'm going to call their name. If they respond, party, party, party. Mm -hmm. I'm going to reward. We're going to have fun. You know, it's going to be a memorable experience for the dog. But if they don't respond, I am ready immediately to help them out. Yes. So I'm going to repeat their name and I'm going to either help them with the treat or depending on where the level I'm at, I might give them a little poke on the butt. Mm -hmm. So it's call their name, no response, repeat their name. Give them a poke on the butt when they turn around to say, who poked my butt? Aha, I did, yay! (laughs) And I get a back away with lots and lots of fun. It was I, Swanee. (laughs) Okay, so I I wanna jump on a couple of points that you made there because you said that brilliantly and everything was perfect, but I just wanna make sure that we clarify a couple of things for people. Mm -hmm. So, first off, you said, I call their name and they don't respond. Right. So, now you walk in. Right. So say you're, you you know, you're not going to set up your first response to name test where your dog is like across the football field, but they might be on the other side of the room, for example. So I say spot. But I'm going to have a long line on, even if they're across the room. Yes. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Such important Mm -hmm. setup is that we set ourselves up for success. A lot of the times, especially young puppies, when they see us coming, they go into that play keep away game. Right. If they're in that sort of like little bit of a sassy attitude point in their lives Mm -hmm. where they're, you know, they're seeing where they can push the envelope Mm -hmm. and what sort of, what sort of rules are really going to be in play, et cetera. So I've said spot and spot didn't turn. So now I walk up. How am I walking up first You're, off? Am I stomping up in this angry, oh, you didn't respond to your name, I'm so mad. No, no, you're <laughs> just, you're walking up in a, in like a, a leader type way, yeah. like a, like a, like a police officer would walk up to you. Just sort of mm. matter of fact. Right, yeah. You know, you're not, you're not going to pieces because they didn't respond and you're not tearing in mock time right, with yes. your hair on fire because they didn't respond. Right. You're just calmly going to go in and address right. this, mm-hmm. right? We're just training. We're mm. just teaching our dog. So I've said spot. He hasn't responded. I walk in calmly. Now you said, I'm going to repeat his name and then 
help him with the food. Let's just stick with that one right. for a okay. second. Help him with the food. We'll talk right. about the, the mm. poke in a second. So I repeat his name and then I show him the food. Why are you repeating his name? I want him to have the association of his name with the reward right there. Yeah. If too much time has passed, you know, puppies have the, you know, such a, a blink of an eye attention span. And if I call his name and then 10 seconds later, there's a treat in front of his nose, the puppy's going to go, wonder why this treat's here. Yeah. Yeah. They won't associate it with their name. Exactly. It needs to be, dogs learn within about one second. Right. You know, we really don't have a lot more time than that before they're a squirrel, Mm -hmm. you know, before they're distracted by something else and they forget the point. So when I walk across the room, it's going to take me more than a second. Mm -hmm. So I walk up. Now I repeat their name and within that one second, I can turn them with the food. Right. Perfect. I think we, uh, we explained and clarified that well. It's a really important step in the process. And a lot of the times that's the piece that is missing when Mm -hmm. people aren't getting results is there's been too much time that's passed between the test that failed and the help for the dog. Right. Yes. Yes. Alrighty. So that is definitely how I help my puppies when they're still in that stage where, you know, I've just started testing, right? Mm. I've just started testing them. I want them to be successful. I want to show them and help them if they make a mistake. And that's always going to be the case. Actually, Mm. I shouldn't say it as if that ends, but at some point I have to say, you know what? I don't want to continue to rely on having this food to turn my puppy Mm -hmm. because that actually will work against you as well. A lot of the times right. dogs will learn, you know what? I don't have to listen. I just wait until I see the cookie. Right, yeah. And then all's great and I get rewards yep. and yay me. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, that's yes. We want them to work a little bit harder right. than that. So at some point... I'm across the room and this is a heavier test, right? Like this is the point where I know that my expectations are going to be met pretty much within a 99%, mm-hmm. you know, rate. So I say my dog's name for from across the room and they don't turn. Now I'm going to walk in and talk about the poke now. So what you just said, a little poke in the butt. Right. Yes. So <laughs> we've all had to poke a person who's not yep. paying attention. Yep. You know, maybe, uh, you know, your, your child has, uh, you know, earphones on and they're listening to music or watching TV and uh, you call their name for supper and there's no response. So often we have to go up and tap the person or I know sometimes I've, you know, tapped, you know, when I was a little kid, my mom's talking to, you know, one of her friends and, you know, I want my mom's attention. So I tap her and, you know, (laughs) so then she looks at me. Now, maybe that's not, uh, I shouldn't have done that. I guess my mom was talking to her friend, but, um, But we can do the same thing with our puppy. Yes. It's like, you're ignoring me. You're on your own little world. So I'm going to bring you back to, to reality or bring you into my world yeah. with a connection. And that connection is going to be that tap, 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 poke, 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 bang, bang, bang. There's going to be some kind of interaction between yes. my body and your body to get you to focus back to me. Yeah, absolutely. And it just says, you know what? Hey, I'm talking to you. You have to respond. Right. You know, we're not being horrendously over the top, but we nope. are holding our dogs accountable for their behavior in that moment and saying, hey, this is a command. Right. And this is something that you need to respond to mm-hmm. because when my dog's across the room, it's not as big a deal. Right. Okay. If he doesn't, If he doesn't respond to his name, well, you know what? There's nothing that's unsafe in this scenario. Mm -hmm. But I set a bad precedent. Right. And I let my dog think it is okay to ignore that name, which it is not, because if it's the scenario where he's running towards the road and there's cars coming Mm -hmm. and I want to get his attention so I can tell him to lie down and stop his motion, Mm -hmm. you know, that scenario doesn't afford me the opportunity to go, "Eh, oh, well, he ignored his name there because guess what? Right. You know? Yes. So, so important. Like, I I don't know how many times me, my dog's response to their name has saved them from a situation that would have been bad. Yeah. You know, like, uh, like, you know, spotting a skunk. You know, I don't want my dog rushing towards a skunk. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And every, I, every time my dogs have to get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, for some reason, it's so rare. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, my dogs are, are right. adults. I have a puppy coming home soon, hopefully, mm-hmm. so it might be a little bit less rare. But uh, every time that happens, I think, oh, my gosh, this would be the worst time to have a skunk in the yard. Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> the worst yep. time is no- 2 a.m. Oh, and who I wants to bath want, a dog no. at 2 a.m.? Nobody. No. They Nobody won't be up to go outside because they're desperate to right. pee, and yep. then it's going to be in a couple of hours, right. and all yes. sorts of concoctions. Oh my goodness! All well, right, I, I have to be careful because Honda is deaf now with his age, and so I don't have a response to name anymore oh, because he's deaf. Yes, of course, so here, right? So when I have to check for a skunk in the yard. I go out first and do a sweep. Good idea. No skunk out here. I can let the dog that can't hear in. Or I would have to take him out on leash. 
good idea. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. That I, I've never had knock on wood. I've never had a skunk incident. Me too. And knock I've always been like quite prepared for it with the right, you know, right, I've got yep. this little skunk kit or whatever that, mm-hmm. you know, that's that because sits in the, sits right? in the cupboard and it's full of dust. I'm sure. The moment you throw out that skunk kit is I'm never the throwing moment it out. your dogs are going to get sprayed. I will Murphy's never throw law. it away. I will never throw it away. It's the, the only thing that will be left when I find myself in the middle of an empty house one day is the skunk kit. <laughs> Shannon, <laughs> Shannon, when, when I will make sure that you always have that with you. Yay. I will, yes, because I don't want your Can dogs you make ever. make sure I get buried with my yes, skunk yeah. kit? Oh, yes, because the last thing I want is your, is your uh, funeral plot to get sprayed by a skunk. <laughs> oh, phew. At least I'm covered from Shan- cradle to grave. Right, yeah. <laughs> Shannon appears, yeah, cleaning everything off every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go to our question bin here. Okay. Because we've got a lot of questions in here. Oh, wow. And uh, this is a good one right off the bat. The first one I pulled okay. out. At what age can you teach them their name? Oh. And I, I, I think that we covered this well, but it's a great question to just summarize again. The like, moment yeah. you bring your puppy home. Start teaching. Right. And you can teach a dog a new name at any point, too. Yeah. So if you, uh, you know, adopt a rescue dog and don't know what its name was or you didn't like the name that was chosen for it, yeah. you can teach them a new name very quickly. Absolutely. And in fact, it's something I might even do. If yeah. I if I adopted an older dog that was untrained and had a lot of bad habits, I would recognize right away that this dog's had a lot of rehearsals of ignoring its name. Yeah. So why not give it a new name, a fresh yeah. start? Absolutely. And, you know, it, it, it really it's necessary anyways Mm -hmm. you know you cannot expect even if even if this dog like say for example the dog lived with a breeder who was growing it on and it got lots of training and Mm -hmm. it was well mannered and well behaved that dog being put into a new home still needs training yep still needs training Mm -hmm. because your body language and your voice it's all going to sound different your expectations are going to be different and you need to learn what you need to know to help the dog continue to be able to listen Mm -hmm. obviously if they have skills already and you're doing a good job of helping them understand how to transfer those skills to you Mm -hmm. it's going to be a much quicker process than starting from scratch with a dog that doesn't have any of those skills but it should probably be on your agenda anyways to Mm -hmm. get some training for the dog to make sure that they will listen to you in your home and in your scenario regardless so yeah that's great advice all righty i noticed you don't have your glasses oh i forgot my glasses again yes you're best to read them who knows what i'll read it as (laughs) all righty uh how long should each training session be well that that varies upon there's no set time yeah like all training is good training. Yeah. So you might say, you know what? I have 30 seconds. I'm going to get as many as I can get in in 30 seconds. That's great. Yeah. Uh, or you might say, oh, I have more time so I can spend. You don't want to do it ad nauseum though. Yes, like, you know, of course. Well, there's there's the optimal learning periods right. that we want to take advantage of, right? Mm-hmm. Just like us. If I go into a classroom and I'm expecting to learn the first chunk of time, I'm focused, I'm paying attention, but Mm -hmm. eventually after a certain period of time, my brain starts to get tired, so it starts to wander. Mm -hmm. And then I realize that, oh, I was just thinking about the laundry that I didn't do and I missed what the instructor was just saying. And, you know, it's the same for our dogs, right? And and they don't even know that they're trying to learn, right? right? They just know that they're existing in the Mm -hmm. world and, oh, squirrel, right? (laughs) You know, like all these exciting factors. Yeah, so yeah, no no set time, but how many repetitions, isn't there a rule how many repetitions... A dog needs like is it like a thousand yeah, repetitions something, or something like a hundred over each situation or something right? like that is what I've heard. Mm-hmm. So I, but, mean, I, I yeah would don't oh yeah don't put too much in that. But yeah, but yeah, just you'll know you'll know you'll yes. know when you've done it enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and it's it's important to look for the reaction from the dog, right? Because it's not about oh they're going to be perfect for life, right? And this is something you're going to have to continue to assess throughout the entire lifetime right. of your dog because mm-hmm. skills start to slip, right? right? They do. Like we do need to practice things so that they stay well oiled. I mean, it's not as intense as mm-hmm. that first you know year or so mm-hmm. of life where we're teaching them all these new right. skills as they're going through development periods. But a, a little refresher session is right. going to go a long way. Right. And yep. like the response to name is something where it's, it's so easy. Like th- this is as a, as adult dogs, I might, okay, well, here's my dog's breakfast. I'm going to take those 10 kibbles now mm-hmm. and I'm going to do some quick response to name drills and then they can have the rest of their right. meal sort of thing. Right. Like that yeah. would be a great maintenance session. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a huge time investment. Right. I tend to, um, 
when I have young puppies, I try to keep the training sessions to like 15 minutes max because mm-hmm. that's pretty intense, right? Right. It's a lot for them mentally, physically. Yes. And then that optimal learning period mm-hmm. ends and I might not be, I might just be wasting time after right. that. Right. Yes. Yeah. Minutes, so, so short, short quality sessions. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Alrighty, so this next question here. The problem is whenever we call their name, they will think we will feed them and then get disappointed. Aw, I don't want to <laughs> disappoint my puppy. <laughs> no, seriously, so this I think we already spoke to as well. Like this is thinking that this is the only thing that we're doing to teach our dog's response right. to name is showing them the food. You're making progress through the stages, mm-hmm. but you do need to put in the work in each stage in order to get there. So there's lots of repetitions that are happening in right. those stages. Yes. But we move on, you know, right. we don't and, stagnate. In. And it doesn't just have to be food as your reward. Yeah. Like when I call my dog's name, they, they love to make me happy. Like they move towards yeah. me. I clap my hands. We might play a little bit. Yeah. And I think that's far more reinforcing yes. than getting handed a treat. Oh, 100%. Many times. Oh, there's so, there are so many things. Like once you've established the relationship and the understanding of the skills and whatnot with your dog, there are so many things that are better Right. For rewards yes. than just food. You know, right. when, with my adult dogs, if I were to f- say it's their response to name, you know, say I, I, I'm, I'm out in the field mm-hmm. with Ned and I'm practicing response to name and I call Ned and I give him a cookie. And then he gets distracted again and I call Ned and he runs in and I give him a cookie. You know, that's, it's fairly stale. Right. But if I call Ned and he runs in and I pick up a little handful of snow and like quickly create a little snowball and toss right. that, yeah. he is like, intense right he loves that so much if i call his name and he looks at me and i turn and take off running he's way more intense that's so right fun. it's so reinforcing another game i like to teach my puppies is to chase me yeah so i never chase my puppy but i teach them to chase me and uh that that's great too you know they're they're (laughs) you know they're like you know trained and reliable and they're off leash and they're a distance away Sometimes I don't have to say anything. I can just turn and start running. And sure enough, yeah. I see a little face appear at my side. <laughs> Absolutely. Because they're like, oh, mom's running. Let's go. Oh, yeah. I have to be so covert if I'm trying to pick up snow before. Right. I yeah. Have, yeah. Like if I'm trying to sneakily pick up snow, because right. this is one of his favorite things. He loves winter. Mm-hmm. And of course, he loves chasing anything. Right. And for some reason, when I pick up snow and ball it into a little ball, it becomes magical. Mm-hmm. And he has to find it in amongst all the other uh, right. piles yeah. of yeah. snow yeah. that are there. But he does. It's amazing, actually. Their noses are quite uh, mm-hmm. quite remarkable. But right. yeah, like that. And they're hearing, too. He probably hears, oh, I hear yes. that little crunching oh, the snow no makes. Oh, no doubt. Yep. Yeah, I have to like, okay, he's totally focused on something else. I'm going to lean down nonchalantly and grab this little bit of snow. <laughs> And then make a little ball. Okay, he's right. still not looking. Okay, phew, I got away right, with yep, that. Yep. Now I can use it as a reward. Right. But yeah, <laughs> he knows. Yeah, it's like the crinkling of the chip bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have any sort of favorite rewards out there that you use that are not food? Like uh, just out and about in the in the world when you don't actually have food or food? a toy on you? Well, I'll often use my leash as a tug toy. Okay. So yeah. I've taught my dogs. Uh, I'll, I'll gather up my leash and I um, I'll snap it. I'll uh, like pull it tight and it Ooh, makes I a little snapping noise, noise against each other and um so that they love to to play tug with the leash so that's a handy toy that i always have with me so we tug 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 on the leash and then out yeah um and just playing with me and chasing me those those are the ultimate rewards for my dogs yes i i very seldom actually take food with me out with my dogs anymore because I don't need it. I have mm-hmm. myself uh, yes. to use as the reward. Love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. I often talk about butt scratches with Ned. That's another one he, he really scratches loves. your butt? He scratches my butt. Yeah. No. <laughs> I scratch his butt. Right, he yeah. loves he loves his butt scratches. Right. You know, a mm-hmm. good body rub is good yeah. for him too, but his butt scratches are his favorite. Right. I, Atari know, used to like games. to undo my shoelaces. Yeah. And uh, I would let her do that sometimes as a reward. That's it's like, so okay, fun. get my shoe and I'd give her permission to yes. undo my shoelaces. Well, and that's the important part is is you can have all these wonderful things you can have a dog that tugs on their leash Mm -hmm. as long as it's under control yes right yeah like they would never dream of grabbing their leash no and that's the thing there Mm -hmm. has to be control with it because otherwise it's just chaos right we don't want the dogs dictating right that i'm gonna grab this leash and tug on it and there's nothing really you can do about it there has to be rules surrounding the tug game there has to Mm -hmm. be rules surrounding when you get to take the leash it's only on invite it's it's mine when i tell you to Mm -hmm. drop it you know all those things are so important yes the same i actually that's such a fabulous way of having a quick reward 
reward. Yeah, I just remembered too. I used to let Atari with permission. Atari was a very gentle tugger, yeah. and I'd let her tug Shelty. on my my sleeve. So, yeah. And I just thought I have a, a wonderful picture of her that one of my friends took, and um, it was intentional. I asked Atari to play with my sleeve because I just remembered that was one of her favorite oh, things to do. Yeah. So I used that as a reward. Um, you know, I wouldn't let my Belgian Malinois tug on my <laughs> sleeve because I would have been you naked in yeah. no time. <laughs> But Atari was very gentle and she liked it. So uh, yeah. sometimes I say, tug, tug, tug. And I'd show her my sleeve and she would have that little moment of tugging. And then I'd say out and she'd release. And it was a great little reward. And, and my shirt stayed intact on me. Yeah. Well, yes. and because you have it under control and right. you're inviting it versus her just demanding it. Right. It ends up in a situation where, you know, when you're wearing a nice blouse that right. you don't want tugged on by right. a Sheltie, even a gentle Sheltie. Right. Yes. It, she's not going to go for exactly. it. Exactly. But when you know that you're, you know, in your good McCann gear sweater that right. is. Yes. Is always yes. full of dog treats and hair anyway. Right, yeah. A little tug. A little tug, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot. And that's the only dog I've ever used that as a reward for yeah. out of all my dogs. Yeah, but they're all... Every they're dog all is unique. an individual. And yeah. You figure out what they all love. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Oh my goodness. Well, it has been so fun to reminisce and uh, talk about response to name and right. how to teach it. Yes. So on that note, I'm Instructor Shannon. Instructor Swanee. Happy training. Happy training. The McCann Dogs Podcast is brought to you by McCann Professional Dog Trainers. We help dog owners to have a well-behaved, four-legged family member. Please give us a call at 905-659-1888 or visit us at mccanndogs.com. Happy training!